Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. And now God's people are going to have a tattoo on their forehead. I never liked tattoos on foreheads. <laughs> but this one may not be bad. I belong to God. <laughs> and so, so just showing how God thinks of you. And I, I think for the people that were suffering during this time, the original seven churches it was written to in Asia Minor and the persecution that they were facing like many Christians today... They look at the book of Revelation, they see these marvelous truths, and they say, our God is absolutely amazing. He loves me. It may seem like he's abandoned me, but he'll never leave me nor forsake me. That was the promise of Jesus. I belong to him. I belong to him. Not only do we see a final description, oh, and what I want to say, the greatest thing about heaven is the absence of sin and the presence of God. That's the greatest thing. Listen, friends, this sin that, that you struggle with, it messes up our fellowship so much with God. Just when you think you're doing so well, and I got my devotional life intact, and I'm doing well, my prayer life is on, on a mountain right now, and I just feel like I'm in touch with God, and then you go to work, and somebody ticks you off, and you yell and scream at them, and you're like, man, when is this all going to end? Well, it's going to end in your eternal home, New Jerusalem, the absence of sin and the presence of God. What greater thing. Amen? Another thing that we're going to see, a final thing, is the final confirmation of the truth of this book. As I was contemplating this passage of Scripture, this was actually one of the first things that came to me. As I looked at these verses, I thought, wow, so many people read the book of Revelation and they declare it a fairy tale. And the book begins with the vision of the resurrected Christ, this glorious vision of Christ. It goes on in chapters 2 and 3 and it, it talks about the churches and their need for correction that speaks to us today. Then we see John in chapter 4 caught up to heaven and there he is at the throne of God seeing thunders and lightnings come forth in this majestic vision of the throne of God. And then in chapter 5, he sees the lamb that was just slain and there he is around the throne and, and he's the one who is worthy to take the deed, the title deed, the scroll out of the Father's hand. And we see the redeemed just worshiping God and worshiping God and then the tribulation period starts in chapter 6 where God is going to unleash his judgment on a God-hating, Christ-rejecting world. And we see judgment after judgment, and it intensifies and intensifies and intensifies, and the world gets worse and worse and worse. doesn't get any better. And then we see in chapter 19, after the fall of the world system, and after the collapse of the one world government, we see Jesus coming back as the conquering king in chapter 19 with all the saints. We see a thousand-year reign that Jesus is going to have here on earth. And then we see the final judgment 
of the unrighteous, the wicked, the great white throne judgment, where men and women will stand before God at that great white throne, and God's going to open up books, and He's going to indict each and every individual that has rejected Christ. And then it is eternal judgment, condemnation, where the false prophet, the beast, the Antichrist, Satan is tossed in. And people say, wow, I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. And many scholars today are now doubting the authenticity of this book. They're doubting that Revelation has any purpose and meaning for the church today. They say, who can understand it? Who can possibly read this, all the symbols and all the terminology, and who can make sense of it? And if you've been with us since day one, you know it isn't that hard to understand. They'll do anything to deny this book. And they don't see the truth in the book, and yet here are three witnesses I'm going to give you. I want you to see the witnesses here. First, you've got the angel of the Lord. Look at verse 6. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true, the angel. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Those words faithful and true were used of Jesus himself in chapter 19. He is faithful and true, and now it is used of the entire book. The entire book of Revelation is faithful and true, and it is an angel that is giving us these words. These words, words are important. This is how we as humans communicate. We communicate by words. The only reason why you can understand the book of Revelation is because we're reading God's word. And then somebody up here is telling you about it. It isn't that Charlie Brown cartoon where the teacher, the adults are always speaking like that. Words are important. We have animals around our house. I feel like we got a barn sometimes. We, they just keep getting more and more animals. We've got two cabies. We had a lamb. We got a cat. Cameron the other day brings home a, a dog that a couple of kids brought over there to the youth building. They couldn't afford to raise it, and he brings it home to Griselle and I and says, can I have this? We said, yeah, you can have the dog, Cameron. You got to take care of it. Cameron brings the dog home. And Carissa's cat is Belle. They don't get along. Because Belle's older now. When you get older, you don't want to play like you used to. You don't want to be frisky like you used to. You want to kind of swing in a hammock and drink an iced tea. And that's the way Belle is in the backyard, just kind of taking it easy. And here comes Oliver. Oliver is his name. Pray for Oliver. And Oliver's like jumping around and, and wanting to play, barking at Bell. And Bell's like, get out of here. And then takes a swipe at him. And that, now she rules. Now she rules. But what would happen if, if I came home one day and I go out there to the backyard and then I hear Oliver say, you know what, Bell? You stink. And Bell says, I don't want to play with you. Get out of my face. I would. Wouldn't you venture to say that my relationship with the animals would change? You hear them talking, that's going to bring you back. Animals don't talk. Humans communicate. We communicate with words. 
And words are so important because words get into your heart. Words are the seed. And that's why the angel says these words, these words are faithful and true. Look at verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. You've got a testimony of an angel that every word in the book of Revelation is true. Not only that, you've got the witness of the Lord himself. Look at verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Jesus wouldn't tell you to keep the words of the prophecy of this book if it wasn't true. It is true. Jesus wants you to look at the book of Revelation, to read the book of Revelation, and to keep the words of those prophecy. It's interesting to me how many Christians will say, follow the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. Because the Sermon on the Mount teaches us Christians how we're to live contrary to the culture and how we're to live in a fallen world. And on and on and on. And they quote the words of Jesus in the four Gospels. But when it comes to the book of Revelation, they never read it. They never read it. And here in the book of Revelation, Jesus confirms the truth of this book and that we should be reading it. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. You remember in the very beginning in uh, verse 3, I think, chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. And so we see that there's a real blessing for you and I as we read the book of Revelation. This is an important book. The third witness you have, I must move on, is the Apostle John. The Apostle John, verse 8. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. I, John, saw and heard these things. John is confirming these things. Now, just so you know, John is not just an anybody, and John is not just a nobody. John is an apostle. John is an apostle, and the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 20, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, that's the church, which was built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ, Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. The apostles, their word matters. John the apostle wrote the gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. You can call Revelation 4th John. He wrote uh, much of the New Testament. And he's testifying, even though he's blown away, even though he's taken back at this vision, as we see at times through the book, that John is like almost, you sense the weight, like he almost can't handle it. And then God redirects it and gives him an encouraging word. Even though he's blown away at this, it's not unbelievable. He testifies to the truth of it. The apostle John lived with Jesus for three and a half years. He saw him do his miracles. He saw him cast demons out of people. He saw Jesus raise people from the dead. He saw the crucifixion of Jesus as he was hanging there on the cross. Jesus said, behold, my mother. He was entrusting 
Mary into the hands of the apostle John. Jesus himself was. He saw the burial of Jesus. He saw the resurrection of Jesus. And now you have the apostle testifying to every truth, every word in this. I saw and heard these things. And he wrote them down for you and me. Revelation 1.19 says, Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The majority of the book of Revelation has not been fulfilled yet, but John still wrote them down in obedience so that you and I could read those words today. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good testimony to the truth of Revelation. You've got the angel of the Lord, you've got Jesus himself, and you've got the Apostle John testifying to the veracity of this book and the truth of this book. And there is such a concern for the truth of this book that there is a warning. I want you to see the warning here. The warning first is not to add to this book. Verse 18, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that were written in this book. Nobody's got the right to add to that. Nobody's got the right to subtract from God's word, which is the second warning there in verse 19. And if anyone, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Now, when you bring this up to cults, which many Christians do, like Mormons will come knocking on your door, and they've added a whole book to the Bible. They've got the Book of Mormon, and it's added to the Bible, and so they're a cult, and many Christians will say, hey, look, you can't add to the book, and you can't take away from God's Word, and the Mormons will bring this verse up. They'll say, wait a minute, that is speaking of the book of Revelation, and you know what? They're right. That warning right there in verses 18 and 19 is speaking about specifically to the book of Revelation that no one is to add and no one is to take away from the book of Revelation. And so they confuse a lot of Christians when they open up their Bible and they show them that. But that doesn't mean that it's not true for the rest of the Bible because this is not the first time these words appear. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, concerning God's word, we read, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. There's a warning right there. Don't add to the book, to God's word, the law. Do not take away from it. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. Friends, nobody has a right to tamper with God's word. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, every cult that's out there has no right to tamper with the Word of God. Look at John's response to truth. He doesn't twist it, and he does the right thing, but in the wrong way. It says in verse 8, Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. God's Word was so impacting on him, he fell down to worship. 
what he saw and what he heard, the same things that you're seeing and hearing today. And the angel corrects him. Then he said to me, verse 9, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. That's what God's word should bring us to. Friends, listen, this, God's word should inspire deeper worship in our lives to him. Not to lead us astray. A final affirmation of Christ's return. The third point I want to want you to see this morning is we're in this final chapter. We also have a final affirmation of Christ's return from himself. And I love this because it's Jesus himself that's declaring this. And he doesn't do it once and he doesn't do it twice. He does it three times. He declares that I am coming. So look at verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Behold, I am coming quickly. Verse 12, and behold, I am coming quickly. Verse 20, surely I am coming quickly. Now, two times he says, behold. The third time he says, surely. Behold, when you see that in the Bible, it's the equivalent of our, hey, check this out. If I'm in a conversation with somebody and it's a long conversation, there's something I really want to emphasize. I say, hey, check this out. And they kind of put their ear a little bit closer and you know they're not going to miss the point. So Jesus says, hey, check this out in verse 7. Hey, check this out in verse 12. He says, I am coming quickly. But then in verse 20, he uses a different word. Closing out the book, he says, surely, surely. That's the Greek word, nai, which is the strongest affirmation. It is a strong affirmation. Jesus is assuring his people that he is coming, he is coming. Now, some people read that and they say, well, he says, I'm coming quickly. <laughs> it's been 2,000 years since he made that statement. Quickly? Well, Peter addresses our concern. In fact, he addresses people that are mocking right now who talk about the coming of the Lord. There's people that say, ah, you can believe your little Jesus stuff and say he's coming back. I don't buy into it. And Peter anticipated that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God had him write these words in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 to 4. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is his coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it is has since the beginning of creation. Where is his coming? The promise of his coming. You keep telling me he's coming. Jesus promised his church he was coming. Where is it? And verses 8 and 9 say this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like what? And a thousand years are like what? You need to understand we're not on our timetable. We're on God's timetable. And let me assure you this, when he does come, he's coming quickly. Well, why hasn't he returned yet? He answers that in verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why hasn't he come? He's wanting everyone to come to repentance. So if you're out there this morning and you haven't repented, you may be the very person holding up his coming. 
We don't know who that is. It could be somebody in Christ Community Church. We may have an altar call one day and, and, and say, you know, if you want to come to Christ, come to Christ. The minute they stand up, boom, we're out of here. <laughs> they were in our church for five years. They were in their ch- our church for five years and they never, listen to this though. It has been 2,000 years and some people are going to mock you, but I want you to see something here because this is very important when it comes to the promises of Jesus. The promises of Jesus are rooted first and foremost in his person. Look at verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus declares something to you and me about who he is. He is God. Now, one of the cardinal tenets of the Christian faith is we believe in what's called the Trinity, that the Bible specifically declares that there's three different persons. Each one is referred to as God. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is a tenet of the Christian faith, and that separates Christians from all other religions. There's no other religion that says there's three persons and one God. And the three persons that are God are not 33 and a third percent God. They are each 100% God, and they are each equal. Jesus takes on a divine title here. Do you see that? He doesn't just say, behold, I am coming quickly. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end. He is the eternal one, the first and the last. Now, where does that come from? Well, that is a title God himself used in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 4. Listen to these words. Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. Now, Isaiah 44, 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Jesus says he's the first and the last. The promise of Jesus coming is rooted first in his person. That he is God. And did you know that God can't lie? In Titus chapter 1 verse 2, a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. You can be assured of Jesus' promise of his coming because he does not lie. The promise of his coming is also rooted in prophecy. It's also rooted in prophecy. Look at verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. God promised that there would be a descendant of David that would rule for eternity. And we knew that at the birth of Jesus, when Gabriel was announcing the birth, to Mary that he would take the throne forever and ever. This was the Messiah that Israel was waiting for, to descend from the line of King David. That's why the genealogies are so important in Matthew 1 and Luke 3. But look what Jesus says there. 
He says, I am the root and the offspring. How do you be the root and the offspring? He was before David. He was before David. It is a beautiful picture of Christ's eternal existence before his incarnation at his birth. He is both the root and the offspring. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.